He knows New York. He loves New York. He is New York. He's got plenty of ideas on how to bring change. He is John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats at Night. This is Rita Cosby joining John Katsimatidis. And, of course, with us in studio is Judge Richard Weinberg, also Ed Cox, and also former Congressman Peter King. Um, one of the big news that came down just a little bit ago, the U.N. Assembly suspending Russia from the top human rights body. No surprise. They should have done that. It's unbelievable that they were even a part of it. Um, and joining us now to talk about all of this and big developments and is Biden really in the fight to win in Ukraine is deputy editor of the Wall Street Journal's editorial page, Daniel Henniger. Daniel, great to have you here on Cats at Night. How are you? Good to be with you. I'm fine. Yeah, what's your reaction, first off, to... You know, to the fact that they kicked them off the human rights uh, body, they're trying to also potentially get them out of the Security Council, which is such a joke that Russia's on that. Also, Iran, China. I mean, you can't make it up. It's like dictators row. Yeah. How bad does a country have to be to get kicked off the United Nations Human Rights Council? I mean, Venezuela, Cuba, Iran, Libya. Jeez. I mean, that's about as low as a country can fall, but uh, Russia has managed to do it. And um, they said there would be uh, repercussions for the people who voted for this, but uh, more than 90 countries voted to kick them off. Um, It's not a big deal, but it's progress. Uh, Mr. Hanegut, Judge Richard Weinberg, I read your uh, article today in the Wall Street Journal. I thought it was a very telling argument. The problem I saw is we have this moral posturing thing. We have the posturing. We say we're going to have war crimes. That's nice. But what are we really doing to stop Putin from winning this war and giving them the equipment and the facilities they need to stop this Russian aggression? Yeah, that's uh, my question, which I raised at the end. Uh, as awful as it is to, to say something like this, uh, we have these uh, what clearly appear to be uh, war crimes committed by the retreating Russian troops uh, in the suburbs of Kiev and uh, has preoccupied the media and uh, all of us. And I raised the question at the end of whether uh, in Washington and indeed Berlin and uh, Paris, which uh, also seem to be reluctant to just go the extra mile here, whether they didn't see this as a deflection, as a reason to stop talking uh, about the real uh, advanced military aid that Ukrainians need and to kick those hard decisions uh, into next week and into the future, as they have been doing. This is kind of the point, as they have been doing for the past several weeks. And your point was that uh, in a war of attrition, Russia is going to win. Russia is going to win. If it turns into the frozen conflict that uh, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, suggested this year when he said this could go on for years, uh, a frozen conflict is something that Putin can win because uh, regardless of how poorly his army has been performing, he's got those mid- and long-range missiles that he can keep firing, which have destroyed Mariupol and Markievicz. Uh, to just wear down the uh, Ukrainian people. And as I put it, Vladimir Putin has Joseph Stalin's stomach for death. And I suspect over the long term, the rest of the world does not. 
And uh, if it just turns into gridlock, I think over time he wins. So Dan Edcox here, we have to give the Ukrainians what they need to win. But would you include in that that they should be able to do hot pursuit of Russian supply lines on the other side of the border in Russia, things that they need to do in order to win? I don't think you can win if you just let them cross the border whenever they want uh, re, uh, with their uh, in a better shape than they were, repair back and forth. Don't we need to have a hot pursuit doctrine here? I think the Ukrainians are are willing to do that uh, for sure, if they if necessary, uh, because they are trying to. You know, we're, we're in a place where we didn't think we would be four weeks ago. We're at a spot where it seems possible, on the ground anyway, that the Ukrainian army incredibly can defeat the Russian army, and they seem on the brink of doing that. And I think. There are many military analysts who suggest the same thing. But there's an odd and indeed pervasive sense uh, that the United States and the President Biden isn't quite doing enough to tip the balance. And the question is, why not? Uh, They do need high altitude uh, anti-missile systems to shoot down those mid and long range missiles that Putin's firing from Russia and the Black Sea. They need anti-battery uh, radar, which is the anti-artillery radar that can identify. Where but the but Russia, Russia is our Russia is our partner. They're negotiating with Iran for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you know what 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 we should have done. This is John Katzmanides. What we okay. should have done is loaded up Ukraine, not not wait till the last minute, and because nobody would have said anything before Putin would have attacked. If we loaded up Ukraine and then they had a shot for survival. Yeah, then it could have prevented everything, John. It could have prevented everything. We should have done that early on. And, you know, the argument has always been that if we did that, we would, uh, quote, unquote, provoke Putin. Really? He looks pretty provoked to me. Uh, People in Mariupol would probably conclude he's pretty provoked. Yeah, it's Uh, amazing. And maybe they're winking at each other. You ever consider that? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I just think it's like Afghanistan, John. Joe Biden, has he has he ever fully committed himself to That was anything? a mess. That was a mess. That was that a disaster. Was a you know, um, well, you know, Dan, I interviewed Jack Keane, um, mm-hmm. who we've all talked to here on the show, too, on, on Cats at Night. And one of the things he said was that he believes that Biden is less interested to support Ukraine than he is afraid of Putin losing that he's so scared of putin and that he thinks at the end of the day that biden's going to basically say okay putin's in the east um zelensky you accept this 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 partition basically of your country that he's going to force a deal that he's just so tepid and he's so scared of putin that he's not throwing it all in real quick dan well we're in trouble if that's true because vladimir putin's long-term goal is to destabilize the west He's been doing that for years before he invaded Ukraine. And if we allow a frozen conflict, Rita, he's going to continue to try to destabilize uh, the United States and uh, Western Europe. Yeah, boy, is that scary. Dan Henninger, thank you so much with The Wall Street Journal. Really powerful stuff. And we'll see where this goes. Hopefully 
uh, it's good news for the Ukrainian people. When we come back, everybody here on Cats at Night, we're going to be talking to our WABC host, Frank Morano, who has some great stuff on tap. And also former EPA administrator Scott Pruitt is going to be joining everybody talking about oil prices, gas prices, and of course, the Democrats attacking oil executives this week. Boy, is Biden's policy, boy, they're all out of whack. We're going to talk about all of that after the break.